You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus referred to it symbolically as rivers of living water. That's found in John 7, 37, 38, 39. I'm going to read verse 38. He who believes in me, said Christ, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. So he expected us to have a second experience with the Holy Spirit after the experience of personal salvation. Now, as we go to the book of Acts chapter 10, we're introduced to a Roman centurion. He is from Italy. He is of the house of Japheth. He completes the cycle because in Acts 8, we have the house of Ham with the Ethiopian eunuch. In Acts 9, we have Saul of Tarsus, who's of the house of Shem. And now we have in Acts 10, uh, Cornelius of the house of Japheth. And so we have all three sons of Noah coming to faith. This is uh, very symbolic that God intends to reach the world with the gospel of Christ. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. So he had become a believer in the God of Israel, only he knew nothing about Christ. About the ninth hour of the day, which would be three o'clock in the afternoon, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Now Cornelius had found favor with God, even though he yet did not know the Lord, because of his prayers and because of his generosity. In other words, he was doing everything that he had light to do. He was walking in all the light that he had. Now I'll say this to you, that when you walk in the light that you have, God will see to it that you get more light. If you need light and understanding, always ask yourself, am I walking in the light, the wisdom, the instruction that I already have? If you want more, you walk in what you've got. So the scripture says that the Lord told him how to find Simon Peter. Problem was, Simon Peter probably would not have gone with this man had there not been a divine intervention. And I'll show you why we know this, beginning in verse 9. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. That would be noon. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. 
And another voice spoke to him again the second time. Or Anna voice spoke to him the second time, not another voice, same one. Uh, what God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. Interesting. He's had this vision. He knows it's from God, doesn't know now what it means, which tells me something, that when the Holy Spirit is moving, there are things that will happen that you quite don't know the full meaning of, but there will always be an interpretation. That's what you saw on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the interpretation of the tongues that were spoken were the words of Peter, the sermon. That closed up the event, that fulfilled it. In other words, the interpretation is what makes sense of what we don't yet know. So here is Peter having a vision that's undeniably from God, but he's still in a bit of confusion because everything that's given from God has to be completed. There is an interpretation element that must be present. Peter doesn't yet have that. So there were men who were at the door. They called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise therefore, go down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius, and he said, Yes, I'm he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they told him what happened and why they were there. So Peter went with them back to Caesarea to the house of Cornelius. Peter then began to preach. Verse 34, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is the Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And then Peter talks about the crucifixion. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people to testify that he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Now listen to this. 
While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word, and those who were of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now, they hadn't even been baptized with water yet, and they have been they became believers in Jesus in this same moment. But immediately, just very quick, boom, boom, both the well and the rivers were given. They received eternal life by believing on Jesus and were immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. Happened very, very quickly in very quick succession. And it very clearly says that they spoke with tongues. And the speaking in tongues was very important here. And here's why it's articulated. It is because there were people who doubted that these Gentiles could be saved. But when Peter went back to Jerusalem and told the believing Jews who were there about this experience, one of the things that convinced them that these Gentiles indeed had been saved and had received the Spirit, they spoke with tongues. Now we're going to go to Acts chapter 19. And here is the Apostle Paul in his ministry at uh, Corinth. And uh, then he goes to Ephesus. Let's read it, Acts 19.1. As it happened, while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now that's a summary statement, and let me tell you why. These guys said, we've never even heard of the Holy Spirit. Paul responded said, how were you baptized? Because the idea is, had they been baptized properly, they would have heard about the Holy Spirit. Because we were told, and Jesus said, you baptize people in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They should have at least heard His name had they been baptized in the right way. That's why Paul then said, under what then were you baptized? Now, Afterward, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is a summary statement, meaning that he doesn't have to say, and they were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a summary statement. That happens a lot. There are things that the Apostle Paul said later in his narrating the vision that he had on the road to Damascus that did not appear in what he said about the vision in Acts chapter 9. He says things that Jesus said to him later on. We're going to read some of those things. But they weren't repeated in Acts 9. They weren't there first. So that means there are times in certain passages we have only a summary. It is later that we understand. I'll give you a great case in point. In the Hebrew, in Genesis, it says that Cain slew Abel. Later on in 1 John chapter 3, it says that Cain slew his brother. But in the Greek language, the word slew means a ritual killing, a slitting of the throat. 
Now, we don't see that clearly revealed in the book of Genesis in the narrative of Cain and Abel. But in 1 John 3, we see exactly how Cain killed Abel. Meaning that in order to get the whole picture sometimes, you have to read more than one context. You have to read everything that the Scriptures have to say about a particular thing. And so here in Acts chapter 19, we see how these people were, these men especially, were, were uh, uh, baptized properly, and they were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But a summary statement's made, they baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In verse 6, when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. Okay, here we go again. We have people speaking with tongues. Five places in the book of Acts. For your study purposes, here they are. Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost. Acts 8, the believers at Samaria. Acts 9, the apostle Paul in Damascus. Acts 10, Cornelius in his own house. Acts 19, the Ephesians. Five instances where it clearly says believers were filled with the Holy Spirit. In three places, very clearly, it says they spoke with tongues. It is inferred that something was seen in Acts chapter 8, although Paul, or Luke rather, did not clearly spell out they spoke with tongues. And in Acts chapter 9, when the apostle Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit, neither does it say he spoke with tongues. But later on, he did say... I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. So it appears from a careful study of how people were filled with the Holy Spirit that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, there was a manifestation of speaking with tongues. And that was an evidence that people had received this supernatural gift. Now, one of the things that we know is that over the last hundred years or so, speaking with tongues has been abused, not used properly. And I think that has soured a lot of people off on the speaking with tongues. And the whole purpose of speaking in tongues has in many cases been missed because the emphasis has been pushed toward the emotional things that happen when some people speak with tongues as opposed to the spiritual things that happen when people speak with tongues. And there is a huge difference. Now listen to me very carefully. Just because God has gifts that are spiritual doesn't mean that He is not rational. And throughout the remainder of this study, we're going to talk about things that thinking people can appreciate about the giving of the Holy Spirit and the rivers of living water that Jesus said we would experience. Don't miss the rest of this study. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. 
Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.